2020. Your host is speak myself, Lee, and Reed. No, Reed's not here. No, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> uh, in case you missed Monday's episode, which was a catch-up episode on Dynamite, we are back in the office face-to-face. I can see Reed's poutine-filled visage. Um, you also filled with poutine. That's right, but you had a classic poutine. I got I got interesting with the Korean poutine. Oh. Just got the... Uh, you know, some of us like blonde, Go to some of us definitely. like... Yeah, that's right. There's a, uh, a lock for every key. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite from this past week, Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020. And then after all this is done, I'm going to talk about The Big Show Show. So don't go anywhere. If you want to know how The Big Show I'm Show I'm going to go up. somewhere, probably. Yes. No, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about <laughs> hopefully the listener. But uh, you're welcome to, to fuck off. Uh, so the show, <laughs> uh, AEW Dynamite, what would you think? That was alright. Alright, talk to you again next week. <laughs> um, they kick things off with the Black Lives uh, Matter acknowledgement, is what I will call it. Uh, somewhat classily done, and of course, because AEW Dynamite isn't a million years old like WWE is, uh, there's not a lot of hypocrisy in them doing things like that. Well, no, there's a little bit of hypocrisy. It's like, it, it's like Tony Khan banning Linda Hogan from ever attending. Like, one, why would she ever, ever attend any of your events anyway? So, is, to me, it comes off as virtue signaling. Two, there's people on your roster that hold the shame, that hold the same... Um, you could just do a blanket statement that all Hogans are banned from AEW. No. And you wouldn't have to explain no, yourself. No, but you, you have people on the same, on your roster that you hired with your money that hold the same views and political uh, uh, aspirations that she does. So sure. you're being a big fucking hypocrite if you keep Jake Hager on your goddamn roster, but you also ban people like Linda Hogan. Are you basing that on the We the People uh, gimmick? No, or, because uh, Jake <laughs> Hager is an actual Trump supporter. It's been well known, and he's like so. There's Seems just like a lot. Man. There's a lot of people calling this. Tony Khan out right now online for being a hypocrite for banning certain people that weren't ever going to show up in the first place. The but not but doing nothing about the current people on your roster that hold the same views as them. Um, it's a bit hypocritical. Sure, to, to publicly ban someone and then allow someone else to be on your payroll. Yes, yeah, that, that, yeah. They're, they have the same views about the subject that it pertains to. So, yeah, yes. it's a bit of a critical. But at least there isn't decades of racist gimmicks. Yeah, but I'm just saying, no, like, <laughs> like two when, wrongs doesn't make a right. When like, Stephanie McMahon, for example, has something to say about it and her, her mother is maybe one of the top five people most important to Trump's re-election campaign... Then it gets a little more money. Yeah, but I'm, just because WWE is doing it doesn't mean that it lessens the hypocrisy of AEW. It doesn't. No, I'm not saying that. Yeah. No. No, right. everybody's shitty in this situation. Yes. Everybody loses. Yeah. Uh, that's basically been the story of the week. Uh, everybody loses. Uh, but hopefully uh, there's a power balance change where the people who usually lose less start to lose more. That's all we can hope for. Um, all the best to everybody out there fighting the good fight, man. Yeah. We get a uh, recap uh, of the FTR debut from last week. We get Taz calling out Mox. We get Cody's promo saying that the fun is about to begin. Uh, we get uh, the the setup of Kenny Omega and uh, Adam Page versus Kip and uh, Jimmy Havoc. Jungle Boy wins the Royale for his title opportunity. And, of course, the Tyson pull-apart with Chris Jericho. Light the fuse. 
it's time for Dynamite. We're in Daly's Place, Jacksonville, Florida, the current home of AEW Dynamite. Can we talk about, as far as the setting is concerned, how much nicer it is to have this open-air stadium than to be in a closet like the WWE shows are? Yeah. Uh, more people at ringside than ever before, closer to one another than ever before. MJF and Wardlow are enjoying, enjoying some bubbly. Wardlow barely has his shirt on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good stuff. The crowd is hype, I have written here. Baker, Britt Baker that is, uh, she's on a like chariot car golf cart it, thing. It's more like, it's, they're not golf carts, but I see people, like where I where I grew up, I see a lot of people driving them. They're like, they're like quads for people that don't like extreme sports, you know what I mean? Were they like, is that like the thing people use in like wealthy, clo- like uh, gated communities to get around? It's like, I gotta go to the corner no. store and you get in the little golf cart No, thing. I would say it's what... Uh, like people in rural municipalities, uh, it's what people with disposable income spend money on because it's something you can take out on the street, but it can also go into a field. Something anymore. perhaps a dentist would own. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so she's sitting in that. It's all decked out. Uh, we'll get back to that later. Tony Schiavone, JR, Excalibur behind the desk. Always good to see them. Uh, they run down the card for tonight. We got Chris Jericho versus Colt Cabana, as apparently Colt Cabana. Chris Jericho is pinning the fact that he wasn't able to knock out Mike Tyson on Cole Cabana. Uh, Cody versus Jungle Boy for the TNT Championship. Brian Cage will be in action. Uh, Tony um, is going to interview FTR, so look forward to that. Big Swole versus Nyla Rose. But first, we have another... Cha- There's two championship matches on this fucking show. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc with Penelope Ford. This is the first time hearing Hangman's theme in like three months, so that's pretty hype. Uh... Good stuff. So, they have a match. An excellent match. Uh, there is a spot where Penelope Ford tries to hurt Rana, uh, Hangman Page. He just kind of stands there, like, would ask the ref what he wants to do. Ref's just like, let her, let her drop. And then he ejects her from the match. Uh, during this, Jimmy Havoc grabs a wrench. Uh, <laughs> goes to town. As you do. On Kenny and, uh, and Adam Page. Uh, hides the wrench in time. Jim, Jimmy Havoc's gimmick is basically like, I, I will never win a wrestling match on even terms with anyone as a wrestler, <laughs> there will always be cheating involved. Jimmy Havoc's gimmick is I'm afraid to show my nipples, so I have to wear this weird leather vest thing. What's wrong with his nipples? I don't know. Exactly. We'll never know, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with Wardlow's yeah, nipples. See, I'll tell you that one. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, like, last week or two weeks ago, wore that, like, blood-spattered white suit mm-hmm. thing. It looks so much better. That was your pay-per-view, though. Yeah, bring that yeah. back, Jimmy. Come on. He's you, just wrestling it. Yeah, you look like... <laughs> And like, just I don't like his look. He looks like fucking. He looks like a retired skateboarder. He looks like yeah. he looks like he was in a punk band like forty years ago, and like they had like moderate success in those twenty twenty of those forty years, and now he's kind of just wrenching people in a much. Like he man. still wants to remind people that he was in that band. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. Uh. Anyway, corner take team with Janella. And call yourselves the undesirables, or like <laughs> just stapling cigarettes to their own heads, <laughs> just having bad, just having bad physiques. Yeah, bad, get bad. Chuck Taylor in on that shit. The new best friends. But Chuck Taylor is funny though, so he doesn't count. <laughs> and he can wrestle. Uh, Joey Janela can wrestle. Jimmy Havoc. I, Joey Janela can wrestle if he can. so. So it's hard to it's hard to say someone doesn't wrestle because they don't do wrestling moves. Because Jimmy Havoc's very good at getting oh, his I ass never, kicked. By I wrestling. never said that he was a bad no, no, no. wrestler. Yeah, I just think that the look sucks. Just like uh, I think. I have a note here written down that I would want to see FTR win the belts before the Young Bucks. 
I think that the person to take yeah, the it's belts... It's a better story. It's a better story. It's a way better story. Uh, and you get a, a more guys involved. I think the best case scenario here, unless you're going with another team... Because all the, all, the, all the foreign uh, talent basically can't come to these shows. Yeah. Uh, you have Ray Phoenix, who is actually injured. Uh, shoot, injured and out. He was supposed to be Cody's opponent next week, uh, which could have been a hell of a match. Um, but wasn't in the cards. Yeah, no, uh, I think the FTR to take the belts off uh, Kenny and yes. Hangman because I think Young Bucks and FTR should establish that kind of rivalry. Young Bucks should chase obviously, FTR and win it off FTR, absolutely. Obviously, it's not to the level or the stratosphere anywhere near close to The Rock and Stone Cold, but I think they should have that what? kind of... No. <laughs> what a I, comparison. No, but I think they should have that kind of relationship where it's always a bit hostile, but there's always a big sense of mutual respect there, if sure. that makes any sense. Uh, lots of tandem offense I have written here, especially by Hangman and Omega. Jimmy Havoc tries to use a hacksaw at some point during this match, but thankfully he is disarmed. I like Jimmy Havoc. I like his spirit. Like, yeah. if it's no DQ, might as well use a gun, right? Like, well, that like what was the next step? He used a wrench and then a hacksaw. It's like a katana or like <laughs> like a chainsaw at that point. <laughs> I got a plasma torture. Uh, Hangman Page saves Kenny Omega from a near fall after Jimmy Havoc plants him. With a DDT. Last call, V-Trigger, and uh, Buckshot Lariat ends this one. Jimmy Havoc takes the pin, and the boys retain the titles. This was a very fun match. Uh, a tag match at the start of the show is always welcome, as they are high energy. Uh, and this was excellent. It was good to see Hangman Page and, and Kenny back in action together. It was good uh, to see Penelope Ford. Always good to see. Of what very little we saw of her before she was ejected. Yeah, uh, I, 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 we always see lots of her. <laughs> Best friends will be up next as challengers at Fighter Fest. Earlier this week, uh, you may have caught on social media that Tully Blanchard was screaming at Sean Spears about his comedy gimmick at the most recent. <laughs> so they meal. just they just show a clip of it. And it's it's out of context. It seems insane. Yeah, out yeah. of context. It's just like you're a fucking, you're a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna wrestle with you. What do you want? Uh, it was good. It was yeah. very passionate. Uh, you know, teetering on just a shouting promo, which was like every wrestling promo for a certain. That's so what the, I miss. That's what I kind of miss about wrestling. Fired up is is the cocaine fueled promos of the eighties, <laughs> where you get like literally, it, it could be the big boss man, it could be the yeah. road warrior. Looks like he's strangling an invisible yeah, person. It could be HBK yeah. or Diesel. It doesn't matter who's doing the promo; they're all doing the same promo. Like, Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I'm gonna Scream. go out there and do a bunch of blow, and then I'm gonna. Uh, we are then told later. Sean Spears is sitting in the back of a vehicle. Tully Blanchard presents him with a small treasure chest, and inside is a black fingerless glove. That's it. Must be a big fan of Drive. Uh, yeah, he's going to start. Uh, I, I like this. I like that uh, Sean Spears uh, went too goofy, went to WWE jobber, and Tully's like, I, my name is attached to yours, so if you're going to do this crazy bullshit, I'm out, basically. Uh, it's time to get serious. Uh, and that's fine. So, but unless Sean Spears, but he's still, he's yeah, still Sean Spears. unless he magically becomes a better fucking wrestler overnight, I don't care. Still, Cody has the advantage of being a really good promo and having really good story based matches. Sure, sometimes to their detriment. So imagine if you took those two things away from him, you would get Sean Spears. Yeah, who is yeah. pretty fucking all right at the everything. Ch- the chairman. Yeah, the perfect ten. All right, the chairman. <laughs> we get uh, further last week recaps. We get a uh, uh, a 
reference to X-Factors here. Yo, you dealing with the X-Factor. Which I thought was an intentional reference to, like, X-Men because of the Drill Claw and Brian Cage. No, it's surely a reference to the stable consisting of Prince Albert, X-Pac, and uh, Just Incredible. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how it was X-Factor brought up. X-Factor with their excellent theme song sung by Uncle Cracker. The way Tony brought it up, I don't think that's what he was referring to. Yo, you to. dealing with the X-Factor. Uh, did I ever tell you the story of when I was on a bus tour in Los Angeles and there was a bunch of film crews, so the bus pulled over and he's like, hey, what are you, what are you guys filming here and it was the uncle cracker music video for like everything's gonna be all right no way yeah you're we, you we drove past the house that's a very popular song that's like that's that's like that's if, not true if you're no if you're a 50 year no please you're not you're not from where i'm from if you're a 50, that's, that's true if you're a 40s to 50s adult who Drinks no water or milk all day, nothing but Bud Light. Chances are you've heard that song by Uncle Cracker no more than five hundred times. Yeah, that and what's that wagon wheel song? Fuck, yeah. dude, you're yeah, you're giving me war flashbacks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of flashbacks, it's Taz. It's Taz with Brian Cage. Uh, Brian Cage gave a... I didn't catch this jobber's name. I'm sorry. Dude, what? I just thought of something. What if Jim Ross called Death Triangle? Try. Try. <laughs> Try to get it over. <laughs> Try. Uh, Brian Cage delivers a buckle powerbomb to this guy that I would have taken. It looked just... Nijax, I hope you're watching. This is how you don't murder somebody yeah, on a buckle bomb. This is how bomb. you take a lot of steroids, but are still somehow safe. Well, he's like... He has limited mobility in his arms going uh, side to limited side. Limited mobility? Sure. He's a pretty fucking... I want to see him try to drink a Gatorade. <laughs> I don't think he can do it. What do you mean? It would be like... You miss. He does like all the next stuff. Why specifically Gatorade? It doesn't have to be Gatorade. It would be good for him to punish his electrolytes. Uh, <laughs> I like to see him drink a protein shake. Uh, Brian Cage destroys this man. Drill Claw 1, 2, 3. Taz cuts a promo. I, I yeah. do know guys that can't touch their shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Put like a little sticky pad on their back. <laughs> yes. Uh Had a really good look because I had a high definition version of the show this week. Really good look at Brian Cage's uh, roid uh, back knee. Yes, good. Uh, Better or worse than Jinder's from 2016? Uh, it, I would say because only because it was really close, I noticed it from far away. It is it is hard to notice. I mean, the man looks good. He looks like he's cut from marble, like a Greek god. Yeah. Uh, but goddamn, uh, he's very steroid. He's like he's, if he doesn't win uh, the Roydy Magoo Award for OSW this year, there's no justice. <laughs> Roydy Magoo. <laughs> uh, Taz cuts a promo. Uh, says a bunch of things about Moxley, uh, including the tagline, which you couldn't precisely remember last His, week. Dude, Taz's promos have not changed since old no, school. They're, and they're fine. So if you go back to old school ECW, you'll find a promo of, <laughs> of Taz with a towel over his head going, Sabu, I've been waiting my whole life for a challenge like you. An opponent like you. Sabu, I'm going to beat you. Sabu, like beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. And guess what he goes here? Mox, Mox, Moxley appears and grabs a microphone. Uh, Taz warns him before he steps into the ring to think and be careful. I like that. Uh, stepping in the ring with me, uh, with the title on the line. Uh, Moxley cut a great promo here. Basically, uh, we say I can be beat. Mox basically admits I can be beat, but it'll take all night. This is not a game when it, when the championship's up. Like you, you're not gonna. This won't be easy. No, it was uh, a good promo by Mox. Much more eloquent when yeah. Mox said. Lots of energy, lots of aggression, which I liked. Um, I like how they're going balls to the wall with this. There's not even a hint of 
of a Harper like lingering around nope. the title yep. seat, which I move love. On. Yeah, I, we don't need that. We're on to a new program. He lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like move, moving on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Moxley was great here. Uh, Moxley continues to be great. Uh, and when that motherfucker gets a crowd back, uh, watch the fuck out. Yeah, Alex Marvez is in a. F- Garbage dump? Where is he here? Uh, basically, Lance Archer is murdering a luchador in his garbage dump. Uh, I, I love this gimmick of everywhere you go, you just see Archer beating up people. Beating, he like takes jobbers with him to beat up. <laughs> he, gets a, uh, he gets a bus of geeks. Lance Archer uh, screams a lot into the microphone here, including everybody, everybody dies. Everybody dies! Uh, that the loss is is, is uh, uh, just a, a blip. He's just like, you think one loss matters, it doesn't. Yeah, I and he also doesn't take doesn't take time to really draw attention to Cody or say that things are going on with Cody. Cody's thing's on his own. The the It reached its end, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, Jake, but, Jake the Snake, not much to say here, even though he is present and basically apologizes for Lance Archer's behavior. Yeah. Like you, there could be an argument to be said that, um, like, some people, for the sake of story or cape, it would be like, well, you know, they should follow up and pass contenders because they wouldn't just give up after one match. Yeah. And you're like, no, because in any other sport, when you lose the Stanley Cup, you don't just fucking challenge for it right, right again, right? If right. you, like, MMA, if you lose a title shot, you don't get another title shot like that. Even Conor McGregor. What about a rematch clause? No, you don't get rematch clauses. But <laughs> years of conditioning that WWE and WCW have put in place into viewers' minds is, oh, like most people that lose a title shot on a pay-per-view get a rematch, and it's a shittier match on the next day. AEW is trying to do a new approach, so even if they don't even acknowledge it, like they're not with Harper or they're not with, uh, like barely with Archer, it's totally fine because it's something new, it's something fresh for us. Unlike I having think, a forty-minute worst match on WrestleMania and following it up with "quote unquote" the greatest. Yeah, I think if you do five straight years of absolutely like every time a title is moved, that there's no follow-up whatsoever. I think if you do that for five years, there's going to be some problems. But I think right now everybody's fine with it because it's something different. For sure. Earlier today, private parties hanging out at the bar in Daly's place. I assume this is some kind of green room. But Lee. What bar? Our party. Uh, I'm having trouble placing what costumes they're wearing in this, in this uh, no, scenario. What bar are they in? What bar, what bar are they in? Yeah. Uh, they're in the green room at Daly's Place, where you could, I've also seen Adam Page drinking previously oh. in previous backstage vignettes. Matt Hardy arrives. Uh, he puts the boys over. Uh, they're fanboying out that Matt Hardy has uh, got good things to say about them. Mark Quinn's knee has been repaired. I don't know what the angle was there. I don't know why him hurting his knee was. It was an excuse to get his partner and Matt out of the out of the ring. So I guess. Yeah, you know, that's what it was, Lee. It was uh, nothing other than that. It just seems like you could have done a move to him. You didn't have to do like a fake injury to his knee. No, because no, because well, whatever. I, then every time a move happened, you'd have to be like, hey, it's not as bad as that one time. No, yeah. it's what? Who cares? Who cares? Uh, remember, so on NXT this week, uh, Keith Lee got his eye gouged with a key. Sure, Keely, uh, and he uh, he sold it for ten seconds. Remember when Moxley got a spike through his eye, and, and then he wore an eye patch in airports and on a cruise nonstop for <laughs> yeah. weeks. Yeah. And then when he retaliated on Santana with a key, Santana cut a promo backstage about how his dad was blind in real life and died. And now suddenly you're like, holy shit! Uh, yeah, just comparing the two. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just take any any moment I can. Uh, Matt Hardy compares the private party to him and Jeff Hardy, which okay. Uh, private party says they should they should join up and make Hardy party. Matt Hardy likes the sound of this. Matt Hardy's real chill here. He must. It should be party Hardy. Like you're right. Just like the big show show should be the big big show, right? 
Anyway. Uh, so anyways, Matt Hardy puts them over. He goes out <laughs> into the hallway. He sees Sam- Sammy, who's wheeling around on a chair, injured, uh, and says they're cool, and then says respect to Sammy. So Matt Hardy here, uh, extracting himself from the elite into being kind of like a chaotic, neutral wrestling presence. No, I would, say, I would say chaotic good. He sure? is a face. Um, I think if you say so. I think his gimmick, yeah, besides the Damascus thing, is he goes also into his gimmick of Matt Hardy, who uh, is playing more of like a veteran. Like he's just a nice guy. Yeah, just yeah. a nice right. guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, I say neutral because he is also saying respect to heels. Yeah, uh, but that's what a good guy would do. That's well, sure if you say so. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Is this where Sammy Guevara... Sammy is singing Judas, and, and he's he, like off. He does it purposely way worse than he's ever done before. I'm going to say it's... It, it, if Sammy can in fact sing, it is very difficult to not only sing off-key, but also off-time with the song, to no, intentionally do so. Yeah, he's going ahead of the song. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I have been afraid. He also doesn't know Judas the words to most of it. Judas <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, Good old Sammy Guevara. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. And then Jericho, when he's done, gives him a... Yeah, yeah. good job, Perfect. Sammy. <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho sells a lot here. This is his third singles match of 2020. Been doing a lot of uh, tag team stuff. Chris Jericho rolls through a Superman for a Lion Tamer. Many near falls on Chris Jericho. Uh, but ultimately, Jericho catches Colt with a Judas effect as he's coming off the ropes, trying to do like a misdirection. One, two, three. No one kicks out of the Judas effect. Uh, Chris Jericho gets on mic, tells everybody to shut your ass and respect me, basically, <laughs> to sum up here. Uh, he wants Tyson right here, Tyson. right now. Tyson! Uh, th- Tyson! This man's delusional character, the fact that he has enough pull in, in this world now that he's just like, what could be an over-the-top thing for this Le Champion character to do? How about call out Mike Tyson and like be the only man on the planet to ever talk shit to Mike Tyson's face, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Uh, even even Stone Cold during the WWE uh, E angle, he he just he disrespected Tyson by interrupting the segment. He didn't he didn't like talk shit to Tyson's face, did he? I don't. I he didn't say he was gonna like kick his candy ass or something. Yeah, like I don't that. know if I've actually seen it because while I've always heard how famous Mike Tyson's involvement with it is, yeah. I've never heard that the segment is particularly good or memorable. Because the whole thing was like Vince got Mike Tyson to show up, so Vince is all excited and we can't fuck this up, and then Stone Cold comes and fucks it up. Which was the story of every Raw for a yeah. few years there. Oh, this better not get ruined by I Stone hope Stone Cold. Cold doesn't ruin this. But then you go back. But then you go back, and people, and it's it's you can't even comprehend. Like yeah. if you go back on YouTube and just look up Stone Cold saves mankind. This is mankind's first WWF championship victory. So crowd is really loud during the match, and then uh, Billy Gunn stops. Um, uh, Triple H or something for interrupting mankind. Crowd loses it, and then the glass shatters. And I've never seen this before in any video, any wrestling show ever. But I couldn't hear a single fucking thing except for this crowd. You look in it, and everybody's on their feet. They're jumping. They're <laughs> losing their mind. Stone Cold comes out, and the only time I've ever seen Stone Cold break character during a live broadcast. He's looking around at the crowd, and he just lets out a couple holy fucks. Like, he can't believe it. Hits Rock with that chair. Crowd gets louder somehow. Mankind wins the title, and they fucking lose it. I, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Oh, a bit about. of a tangent. But I just wanted to relay... Get excited about wrestling. That's, that's, I mean. that's the that's stuff why that, we're here. Yeah, and that's why I can't really get into this no-crowd era, because if you took the crowd out of that segment with Mankind Stone Cold, it's whatever. Well... 
Sure, in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm sure they would love a crowd, man. It's um, not, okay. I, it won't be much longer because Florida apparently, as of July, is letting half capacity at sporting events. So that's straight up, fucking. If they're recording at Daly's place like this, they can have half capacity in that in that arena, which yeah. would basically mean if you have to be six feet apart, it would be like person two chairs a person, but you can still fill that thing up. I don't know what I don't know. That's a bold fucking. Move it's a, it's bold, but it's Florida. So what the fuck do you? <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, he doesn't get Mike Tyson. He gets Orange Cassidy, uh, who wanders out here. Orange Cassidy needs his own solo theme. The Best Friends theme is fine, because it's like goofy like they are. But when Orange Cassidy's on his own, the... Bow, buka, bow, buka, bow, I, I don't know. Best Friends. Best Friends. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, Orange Cassidy should just come out to 11 games, squeeze just that noise. <laughs> That's it. Like a little, little Spanish flea. Something in the public domain. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what's that fucking, uh, like the half in the bag opening that's public domain? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> uh, he comes into the ring. The inner circle is, is astonished that this man has some kind of death wish. He places Chris Jericho's hands in his pockets. More specifically, he puts one hand in his belt and the other hand in his pants. Uh, and then puts his own hands in his own pockets. He dodges blows and escapes the ring. The best friends pull him over the, uh, the barricade. You take out some words out of your saying there. All you'd hear is hands going into pockets and blowing. Hands are going into pockets. <laughs> he dodges blows uh, and escapes the ring. We get a, a Baker, Britt Baker video here where she's recovering from her injury. Uh, she's like pulling a, a tiny weight tied to her wheelchair. Uh, Rebel from Impact is her, her helper's name. Uh, and I wonder if she's... Uh, can she wrestle? Is she actually signed with the AEW? I don't know. She uh, Impact's small enough that they could probably work out like an unwritten agreement about wrestlers or some shit. Uh, so her, her vehicle that we mentioned earlier is referred to here as a Rolls Royce and not... R-O-L-E-S. Yeah, like a role model, yeah. you see. Mm. Uh, was this too funny? Too funny? I'm going to say it was like, for what it was, what they were going for, it was perfect. Yeah, it's like it was entertaining and it was funny. Here's here's my thoughts on it. I think the women's division is in desperate need of personality, mm-hmm. and this even if you find it over the top, it is personality. So I'm all for it. Speaking of personality, Big Swole, lots of personality. Lots yeah, of, I love Big Swole. Lots of energy. Yeah, I think she has a bright future. I think she obviously needs to just get a little bit tighter in the ring. Bit, I think she has sick yellow Power Ranger ring gear. She always wears. She always wears that storm gear too, like yeah. the white with the red uh, X's on the shoulders. Uh, Nyla Rose and it's Big Swole. Uh, she does mean mugging at ringside, uh, just kind of doing giving the old stink eye to Nyla Rose. Uh, but like as, as you said earlier, the, here is the champion and the blah, blah. There was no, there was nothing between them. Nyla didn't like purposely go into the crowd and seek Sheeta out. It's like it, it, as a sporting event, like in the WWE, you would if the two wrestlers kept pursuing each other or doing that stuff. It would set up another program with them, or the story would continue. In this, there would be no reason for Nyla to attack her. It wouldn't result yeah, because, in, a, in a championship. Yeah, be, yeah, because AEW has established that there's not, I shouldn't say clear rules, because there isn't as far yeah. as who gets title shots and who isn't. But there's some form of structure where if you just lost a title shot, you're probably not going to get another one right away because no one else has. You get bounced down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back and forth, I have written here, fine match. As far as women ma- women's matches on Dynamite have gone, this was absolutely fine. I was playing tactics uh, while this oh was Oh my happening. god. So, yeah. uh, big Swole with a through the ropes, cutter near fall, lots of big kicks to Nyla Rose. Uh, Nyla catches Swole with a spear. Uh, however, Swole is able to escape the Beast Bomb. Not many people have. 
Uh, only to be hit with it shortly afterwards, unfortunately. One, two, three, Nyla wins. Tony interviews Swole at ringside after the match. Uh, he welcomes Swole back, but before they could really get into an interview here, Britt Baker just starts mouthing off um, and uh, gets Rebel to push her fucking Rolls Royce up against the barricade here. Uh, Big Swole grabs a chair from under the ring, and at that point, Baker uh, makes her cowardly retreat. And by that, I mean she screams to... Pull back the cart, it back it up. Uh, right before this cuts off, MJF is there, and he calls out Tony Schiavone for being the reason this happened. He's like, this is on you, Tony. It's on you. <laughs> and Wardlow's standing there, barely a shirt on. Barely a shirt on. Even when that man's wearing a shirt, it's barely. Yeah. It's barely there. Big boy. Big, big. This is war. Uh, all right. Tony, this was weird. Tony interviews Darby. And they don't really say much. Do you, do you even remember this? If you were only I was, half watching no, this? I do remember this because as soon as it started, I was walking away to take a piss. And when yeah. it came back, it was done. Uh, Darby more or less says that like life is a joke. Uh, but he te- he says Brian Cage, uh, that, that Darby will get the last laugh. So maybe building something up there. Uh, and they could they could have a match before. even. We haven't had a lot of Darby Allen in the There's last few weeks. There's one thing Darby likes doing. It's getting beat up by a really yeah. big guy. It's uh, doing a high spot in front of no one. Yeah. Uh, that almost ends his career. <laughs> yeah. But he seemed fine, uh, even though he wasn't on the show outside of this. What was weird here in the pacing or the editing of the show is that Tony interviews Darby, and then immediately after that, Tony interviews FDR. So it's like... Here's Tony talking to Darby, and then the next thing that happens is they throw to Tony in a different location. Yeah, I would have liked JR interviewing FTR, I think, because FTR has like the, that small hint of a Southern gimmick to them, you know what I mean? Sure. So I think JR just lends himself more naturally to uh, characters like Reed, that. what are FTR's names? Cash? Yes, that's the one I know too. And uh, Dawn? No. <laughs> Hold on. Cash and... Uh, Cash. Dax and Cash. Dax. Yeah, so Cash has hair. Dax, no hair. I think those are too similar to their... W- they should have just gone with, like, Scott and Greg or something. Well, here's the thing. With their WWE personas, I couldn't tell you which was which. So now, no, I've I, got it I straight. remember that Dash was mustache guy, and Dawson was uh, Must- re- regular-looking regular bloke. Mustache guy. Um... <laughs> But yes, I, I think this interview should have been interviewed by Jim Ross. Like I said, I think yeah, whatever. I think he led himself better to that kind of to, those, to these kinds of characters, and I think he would have um, pushed along their more aggressive pace. So they're way. sitting in what looks to be the lobby of Daly's place, or in like a penthouse suite or something like that. Uh, there's a nice staircase. There's a nice, nice couch they're sitting on here. Uh, basically, uh, this is a more extensive interview segment. Uh, Tony questions their name. What what is FDR? Uh, puts over the tag uh, FTR puts over the tag division while disparaging uh, them. There's a Dave Meltzer reference here, uh, basically talking about how they're sick of people putting over the Young Bucks as the greatest uh, when there has never been a definitive match between these two tag teams. And FTR is very much looking forward uh, to proving once and for all. Yeah, and they have explained their actions in some capacity to last week. Oh, whereas they no, it's perfectly justified. Yeah, they're they're like we want if we're going to beat the Young Bucks, we want them at 110. percent They we don't want, want them, them to be the healthiest they've ever yeah, been. And uh, they're like they're like we don't want to have a five-star match if we can we want to beat them in three seconds and yeah. prove without a doubt that the word we're the we're the fucking best tag team yes uh this is what i like to refer to as the competitive heel that's, uh, what, where, we, that's what we said last yeah we're definitively they believe they are better than everyone uh so even when they're putting over other people it'll be like hey look at like they i think pretty uh succinctly they say like oh you look at kenny and, and adam page they're not even a tag team yeah they're talking about the fucking reigning champions but to, to be like oh they're not 
they're not two guys that that work together. They happen to be working together and won this belt. Yeah, it's like uh, it's not said outright, but you can say like Brock Lesnar is a competitive heel because he doesn't go out of his way to injure his opponents or no. undermine them in any capacity. He just goes out there and beats, beats them. them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, big time putting over the uh, tag division here, saying yeah, they want uh, Young Bucks one hundred and ten percent. They want ribs healed up. They don't want them softer, softened by the the butcher and the blade. Uh, I fucking love how Butcher and Blade came down. Yeah, so before that, Tony... They are uh, basically just like, all right! <laughs> Tony, uh, they all stand, and the, the interview is concluding, and uh, Tony's like, oh, I thought FTR stood for... And then he pauses, and he's like, fuck the Revival, except they had to beat both fuck and Revival, because you wouldn't <laughs> be able to say the Revival with those two guys standing there, because Vince would call the orders! Uh, so that was pretty good. Suddenly, there's commotion at the top of the stairs. And Butcher and Blade go, "Hey, they took our jobs! They took our jobs!" <laughs> uh, Butcher and Blade, with a crowd of people trying to hold them back, uh, make their way down the hold stairs. Hold the jobbers back, guys! Come yeah, on. <laughs> jobbers holding jobbers. Uh, FDR uh, pretty nonchalantly challenges Butcher and Blade to a match next week, yes, which they will assuredly yes. <laughs> uh, Butcher and Blade have not wrestled a match in in as long as Hangman. When is, they call so. you the best tag team in the world, Lee, they don't call you the best tag team ever, Lee. They call you the Blade and the Butcher. Listen, FTR is has their their sights set on the Young Bucks and the bourgeoisie of the tag division, but, but they're they, already facing the but best. They, but they forgot something. They got to make it through Butcher and Blade yeah. first. How also, how are you going to make it past these one in five beasts? So Bunny as it were, has been seen at ringside not in character as Bunny, even though Butcher and Blade yeah, are there. Yeah, she's flirting with QT Marshall. So, so is she no longer... They, they lost her at some yeah. point? I think... I, I should No, apparently this was acknowledged on Dark or some shit in some capacity. Um, like, you could... This could go a few ways. Like, no one is this interested in Butcher and Blade. <laughs> We're the only ones, <laughs> Except for you, me. Yo, what happened to Bunny? Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. I need to know canon. Um, I think this could go a couple ways. It, it could be seen as, oh, maybe they, like, told Bunny, go seduce QT Marshall, then we'll beat him up or something. They told Bunny, we, They told Bunny, if you want to get anywhere in this business, you need to get away from these two fuckers as fast as No, like, like, in kayfabe, they could be like, our next target is QT Marshall, but we keep losing in wrestling matches, so seduce him, and then we'll beat him up or, and stuff. That's, that could be one way. It could just be, like, um, Tony in the back looking and going, like, Clay, clearly this bunny character, one, it doesn't really fit, if we're being honest. Um, it's two, fun. it's clearly not getting you guys over as we thought, because Allie herself is not a fantastic promo. Um, so, let's put Allie on her own, and let's see if we, because, you know, what's the, what's, what's the lose here? No, no, she's wearing a mask. Can't she do both? Can't she just be like, is, isn't she bunny? No, th- and we just don't know. Yeah, I don't think anybody cares except for you and me. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe that's all that matters. Yeah. Butcher uh, and Blade, you're our boys. Hey, open invitation, Butcher and Blade. This yeah, podcast is always open. We love you. Yeah. Um, all right. JR and team, run down what's going to be happening next week. We're going to have uh, Colt versus Sammy Guevara, uh, which presumably Sammy Guevara will win because he needs a win uh, after taking the pin and everything, including being dropped 20 feet through that fucking crash pad in the uh, stadium stampede match. Uh, I think this is leading to Colt Cabana being part of the Dark Order, uh, being like this sad... Funny guy. Like this guy who should not be with these jobbers, but will be. Okay, so uh, they also want to bury Luke Harper now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, did we get to that part with the interview yet? No, I don't think we have. No, we're getting there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we'll have Colt versus Samuel Gar. Mark Quinn will be versing the winner of Cody and Jungle Boy. We have a trios match. Hagar, Santana, and Ortiz versus Orange Cassidy and Best Friends. That should be a good match. 
uh, Moxley will fight on AEW Dark. Oh. So, dust off your YouTube and go watch that. It's still on YouTube, right? Yes. Alex Marvez, back from the garbage dump, uh, interviews <laughs> Colt Cabana about they his loss. They should have done a segment where Alex Marvez comes back, he pulls <laughs> in the parking lot, yeah. and Ar- La- Archer's beating up another <laughs> fucking bunch of guys. He's like, where do you get these guys? Like, if they start doing visual gags to the point where, in a wide shot of the arena... Yes, you see. just... Fucking hammering some oh, guy. Oh, man, yes. Make that, like, a thing to look for each episode. Yeah. Can you spot Archer beating up the jobber somewhere? It, uh, it definitely... Because you have a lot of big men. So we went from having no big men to suddenly Wardlow's wrestling. Brody Lee is here. Luchasaurus is back. Lance Archer's here. Matt Hardy, I would consider a, a bigger guy. Not really. Compared no. to everybody else around him. But then you uh, have Brian Cage, who's, like, fucking enormous. Yes. Uh, so um, suddenly we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to big men in this company. And uh, it's good to see that they are doing subtle things to to separate them. Like, Lance Archer's just a, he's just a fucking maniac. Yeah, he's just he uh, loves to kill people. Um Brian Cage has been portrayed more as a, I don't want to say competitive, but he has a clear goal, which is the, yeah. which is the world championship. He and seems more like an quote-unquote athlete. He seems more, someone that's there like, I'm here to yeah, wrestle again. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he's a yeah. Free, yeah, he's a freak yeah. athlete. Wardlow is a minion. Um, yeah, so Lu- far. Luchasaurus is a fucking dinosaur, Mexican he's dinosaur. He's a fucking dinosaur. He's a Mexican <laughs> dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, he's interviewing Cole Cabana about his loss. Cole Cabana here, I don't know him from a fucking hole in the wall. Other than I do, other than knowing this guy from like the whole CM Punk thing. No, I've seen. Uh, him. He was in Ring of Honor for a long time, so I've seen basically him. the same gimmick. Yes, okay, I, so yes, he's, he's hasn't changed his gimmick yeah. in a long fucking time. So he's a, a mid carder. He has a lot of personality here. He's very much aware that he's a mid carder. Yes. that's the difference. Yeah, but he embraces it. Yeah, he, uh, he knows he's not going to the main event, and he's content with that. Uh, his his interview here basically consists of him being like you know i've showed up in this company i've I've stacked up a few losses here i thought this was going different like you feel bad for him uh and then brody appears and is just like hey do you want to suck professionally as part of the dark order uh i'm the only one that wins matches (laughs) uh and then he's given a bottle of water which he drinks and he looks like he's uh pondering uh and that was it for Cole Cabana here. So yeah. I think that's what we're, we're going with the Cole Cabana Look, if thing. this changes Cole's gimmick, it'll be the first time in over a decade. Listen, if the story is Cole Cabana gets involved with these fuckers and is made to do things against his will and then breaks free of them, and that's that's the storyline for that for now, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Because um, the Dark Order, I don't see them in a program with any... like What What, what do you do with them? Yeah. It's, tr- it's tricky. Because yeah. uh, ultimately, they're supposed to be the Lions of AEW. Uh, Brody Lee was able to stack up a bunch of wins against Jobbers and Marco Stunt, but... Uh, yeah, and especially now because you have Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, yeah. who are much more of a cult thing, and Brody Lee is much more of a... Well, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are just AWOL. Like, yeah. you, they have not been heard from or talked about, really, other than Brody mentioning them Yeah, so I think Dark Order's kind of spinning their wheels till they're back, and they can know where to proceed with this story. Um, and who knows where it's going to go, honestly. It's... It's tough, because the thing with Dark Order was just like, well, once the Exalted One is revealed, then what? No, and it's not... Well, then he challenges for the title, but then then he loses. Then he loses. (laughs) Now what? Yeah, now what? Because we can't take your stable as seriously, because one, the only person that was winning matches was the leader, but now the leader lost the title match, and that was as far... That's as high as you could possibly go, right? Right. So where do you go now? Um, And so I think... Ultimately... Like, you wouldn't say break up Dark Order, but if they started, like, turning on him and he started, like, beating them up... 
Yeah. Like, like someone steps out of line and like stands up to him and he... Yes. An ex- <laughs> like an excellent segment would be after, a, oh, you know, a couple weeks maybe of Brody being uh, extra, extra disrespectful and especially physical with his members. Yeah. Maybe there's a moment where all the Dark Order's in the ring and there's a slow moment where all the members turn... And like like literally turn their bodies towards Brody who's in the middle of the ring and Brody has to look around as like twelve fucking geeks come after him, but Brody comes out on top, he demolishes them all, and he's standing there by himself, and then he like says, No more dark order or something. Boom. Then he can go do something. If you with want that. a job done right, yeah. you gotta do it yourself. Yeah, it it one, it it propels Brody Lee back <laughs> into a position of power as far as K is concerned, literal power. And two, you can go in lots of different ways from that point. No matter where you go, it'll probably make sense for that character since he's by himself. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, but I guess we'll then see. Evil Uno and uh, Stu Grayson could come back and, and be run like, the Dark Order. Yeah, and they'll yeah. be like, "Come back to us." Like, and then we'll, they're just like a tag team jobber squad. Yeah, and then they'll be like, "Now we're like, we'll just call ourselves the, the order. new Dark Order. Yeah, the new order or something. The <laughs> new themselves, world they'll order. Call, they'll call themselves New Order, like the band. Yeah, the new world. They'll just come all like that." <laughs> Calling themselves the NWO. Yeah. <laughs> but then Brody still keeps the name too, so they become like NWO, like different colors. Brody's like yeah. NWO purple. No, I think, it, uh, actually, I what I just said right now, I think that's the best way to go about this Dark Order business. Yes, your best to break Brody out of it some way. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what they're going to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dark Order turns on Brody, but Brody's too strong or, and or, kills them all. Or, or this is where the cult thing is going, that he gets involved with these guys and then turns the guys internally on, on Brody. And then the program becomes, they turn on Brody, there's a blow-off with Brody and Colt, uh, a Colt on a mid-card on Fighter Fest, and that's it. Anyway, we'll see. We're just dream-booking it. I point. would also really like if uh, Colt's warm personality, like, steadily got to <laughs> They all became faces. And he became, like, a good person after a while. <laughs> that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> Jungle Boy with Luchasaurus and Mike Marco Stunt, a.k.a. Jurassic Express, uh, is here, uh, as he will go against He's Cody. Here. Cody with Arn Anderson. This is a TNT Championship match. Uh, whatever needs to be done with that belt has not been done yet, as it still looks the same as it did at the pay per view. I can't stand Cody's music anymore. Uh, they changed it. No, they didn't. It, no, it sounds more live than before. If you go listen to Cody's music like circa January and then listen to it now, they, it's sl- well, subtly in changed. In either case, I the song I don't like anymore. I've heard it's... Maybe they're trying to bridge the gap between the recorded and the live version so that when we hear the live version again... It's not, just... It has nothing to do with the audio <laughs> quality. It's just, I don't think it's a good song. I'll uh, say this about Cody's entrance, though, uh, and his neck tattoos. I don't notice it as much anymore. Now that it's kind of faded, it's not fresh. I feel like it's not as noticeable anymore. Uh, anyways, enough talking about Cody. Let's talk about Cody. Jungle Boy <laughs> is uh, from Valley Village. But every time I hear it announced, I hear Value Village, which is a thrift store chain uh, over here. Anyways, uh, JR says that Jungle Boy will be 23 years old in 13 days and that Tony Schiavone's socks will be turning 25, which is a good, <laughs> good JRism. Uh, JR compares a lot of things to meat and sauce. I don't know, I don't know how much you notice that. There'll be a lot of comparing things to ribs no, or it, sauce. It's because JR is steadily planting that subconscious, like, I need some barbecue oh, sauce. Man. Oh, man. Where can I get barbecue sauce? Oh, oh I got it just for you. He might as well be going on the going word. Ah, even neck niage. Even neck niage. Need some barbecue sauce. Cody seems very focused and driven. Uh, this is a different Cody Rhodes, suddenly, in this match. Uh, it's a firefight in the corner. Huge strikes, slaps, chops. Uh, Cody with a power slam. Two count. 
Goes for another cover and only gets a one count. Cody standing tall. Goes for a figure four leg lock. Woo! To Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy spinning DDT off Brett's rope from the outside. Fuck yeah, you said Brett's rope. Yeah, oh, I try to whenever possible. Yeah. Uh, whenever someone says middle rope, I just write Brett's rope. Yeah, Kate, no. <laughs> Unrelated thing, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get on this podcast here. So I, I, as you know, I'm an MMA fan. So I often watch this YouTube channel called MMA on Point. Did you say you have to watch this YouTube channel? No, I don't have to. Okay. I said I do watch a show, uh, YouTube show called MMA on Point. Well, anyway, fans, so I gotta watch it. They had um like a top ten most ridiculous disqualifications or we just DQs. So there's this fucking guy um that knocked out a guy, and instead of what you normally do after you knock out a guy is go on top of him and right. punch him a few times. Yeah, follow up. This dude did a double axe handle oh, leaping no. thing. <laughs> And the dude that was in the video commentating, he goes, and he goes for, off of Brett's rope, he goes for the double axe. I'm like, <laughs> Brett's rope. There's a fucking OSW reference in this video. <laughs> absolutely, lo- absolutely lost it. it Wait, you kid. said it was mixed martial arts? Yes. With a with a rope? No, he said off Brett's rope because it, because he like takes a leap <laughs> oh, in the air. The big leap. No, he's just an OSW yeah. fan, and I fucking marked out. I'm like, that's hilarious. Nice. Well done. A yeah. uh, pair of suicidas from Jungle Boy. However, Cody is able to catch him on the second one and throw him into the gun club uh, outside the barricade here, which is Billy Gunn and his son, whose name I don't know. Just Austin. Gun- is, it, is it Austin? Yeah. Austin Gunn Jr.? Yeah. Uh, outside the ring. Cody headbutts the wall. Okay, so this is what we have to talk about here. This is a good match. I enjoyed this match start to finish. Uh, Cody, self-admittedly, is not the greatest pro wrestler in in he is limited... Uh, when it comes to a lot of the high flying stuff uh, or things that m- might might come to be expected, I think Cody is absolutely fine in a match, especially with someone else who who can do that stuff, like Jungle Boy. And I feel that Cody has uh, he's very driven in this match. He looks his eyes like you're just like, oh, this guy. This is the first of many. He's here to defend this fucking championship. He's taking it very seriously. This is a different turn for Cody. This is serious ass ass kicking Cody. He has a belt now. Game on. Uh, however, the match is going fine. It could have been another five minutes of what was already happening. He tends to overbook things. There tends to always be an element or two in a Cody Rhodes match that don't need to be there. I know. No, uh, and we've talked about this on previous episodes at yes. length about how he overbooks everything. And this was our biggest complaint with uh, the Revolution match, I think, against yeah. MJF. Oh, Was fuck. that it was incredibly overbooked. Yes. So. Huge. Huge uh, misstep. That, that's maybe like my biggest disappointment yeah. in AEW so far was yeah. that match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways, so Cody goes for headbutt here, busts himself open on the fucking wall. Uh, uh, MJF starts mouthing off to Jungle Boy here, and they get into a confrontation. We cut back to Cody, and he's bleeding. So I don't know if he bladed or what, yeah, what the hell was the case here. He uh, but he's, and bladed. He's wearing the crimson mask. Uh, and it's awful. Like, he's just bleeding fucking everywhere. Uh, the man, the men end up fighting back into the ring. Cody can't fucking see through his own blood. Jungle Boy rains shots on Cody, uh, th- which was awesome. Uh, we get a drop kick here from Cody. He pauses on the rope to do, make sure the blood rushes to Jungle Boy's head before yeah, dropping I, him. I don't like that much blood. I do like color. I do like blood. But I hate when it's in excess because it doesn't look real. Here's looks, what I hate. It looks cartoon. When there's five minutes left in TV time, this thing's about to go off the air, and you're in the middle of a match that has already been really good, you did not need to bust yourself open. It was fine. You did, that didn't yeah. need to be part of this match. Or if you're going to bust yourself open, it should just, like... Because you can't do it that easily, but I would say literally just get some blood in your mouth. Especially considering this is the first match of he's going to be fighting every week. Like save something. Like we got to see Cody slowly get his at. Like he's slowly got to. Yeah. Be... Like I all I would say is 
like, hey, get some get some red food coloring with some water and put it in your mouth. Like, just like yeah. just show that like there's some bling going on. But- uh, for, further to that, Cody seems to wear a weight belt into the ring just so there's a moment in every one of his matches where, where they pause so he takes it off. And then the announcers are like, what's he doing with that? And then he throws it in the crowd. It happens in every single I Cody I think Rhodes what game. his intention is the Kurt Angle spot. If you know anything about Kurt Angle... He when he takes off the straps and puts them down, that's his moment where he can't like Kaioken. Yeah, that, yeah, that's when he goes into Kaioken mode. When when he's Faster. like, it's time to. End, he's like, I only have a minute to end this. My body won't be able to take much more time to end this. Fucking Don't get me wrong, that's fine. But it's every match, and it's distracting, and it's another thing that that Cody brings to the yeah, table. Yeah, I think here. what they were trying to do with this match was make it come off as this huge, big, momentous occasion where Jungle Boy almost got this title off of Cody. It may have came off better with the crowd, and it yes. might have got that atmosphere. Also, the most damage that's done to Cody is by Cody, by headbutting the wall. So, mm. uh, both trade shots on the top rope, and they crash through a table ringside. I don't know if you noticed this, but when they do so, Cody's blood splatters on the camera lens. Oh. Uh, and there's a scene here where you just see, like, blood on the lens while they crash through this table. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Uh, massive... Massive crossroads back in the ring for one, two, three. Cody wins. Extended families rush the ring, and it's all good times as this is a face versus face match. It's a competitive bout, and both men are hurting, but ultimately, uh, sportsmanship reigns supreme. Yeah. Uh, that was fine. The headbutting of the wall and the belt thing, I'm always going to complain about. I'm always going to complain about Cody uh, getting bloody where he, he doesn't need to. I always point back to the steel cage match with Wardlow. That was, that was great. Which was excellent. Yeah. It ended up being the better match between that and the MJF match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately. And the MJF match, I don't know... I don't know what to say about it. I, when I think back on it, I'm just so bummed because like the build-up for it was so solid. I know. I think their thought process is you have such a build like that that yeah. you feel like just wrestling isn't enough. You need to add all this extra shit into it. But where were, were we at for, for a reason? MJF and Cody did need to be separated. Uh, at the time, it seemed soon. Of course, MJF and Cody had been a unit before coming into AEW. Uh, they'd been associated with one another. Uh, but now MJF on his own with Wardlow... Just fucking mouthing off to everybody uh, and then actually having good matches as well is, is fine. So MGF is great. Jungle Boy is great. Uh, everything's great. This is great. It's a great show. A good show. It's good not show. great. Really good show. Uh, this is coming weekend, UFC 250. That's not great. Uh, the card's not looking particularly strong. Um, if you're looking for a pure like star power point of view, there's not really anybody. Uh, it, the main event is Manny Nunes versus a tin can. Okay. Um, she's going to absolutely fucking destroy her probably. Uh, the only hope Felicia Spencer has in this case, who is a local Canadian grappler, by the way. Felicia? Felicia Spencer. Um, Bye, Felicia. She, the only real chance that most people agree upon that she has is hopefully if she can get past the first few rounds, maybe Amanda will gas out by then. She can get her to a lucky grapple. Uh, Nunez has been women's champion for quite a while. A long right? time. Yeah, and yeah. she's double champ um, hmm. of the 125-135 division, I believe. Has she been champion longer than Ronda has? Yes. So she's... It's indisputable as she's the woman's goat at this point. She has been Ronda, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, huh. Cyborg, um, Valentina Shevchenko, um, and everybody else in between. Admittedly, the UFC's women divisions are very... Um, they're definitely not as... 
like what's the word I'm looking for? Robust. Robust as the men's <laughs> divisions. Yes. Like sure. you might have like two or three strong women that always have those top three Lack spots. Lack of contenders. Yeah, but yeah. it's not like it's not like the UFC's one seventy division where everybody in the top ten is a very good fighter or something like that. So admittedly Amanda doesn't have the greatest competition most right. of the time, but she has proven to beat the greatest women's fighters. So you know how uh in pro wrestling yeah. read. Uh, the women's matches, the the ability of the women. Of course, obviously, there's exemplars. Uh, there are uh, women that are far better than most of the men on the roster. But when it comes to the matches, uh, the booking and the execution, eh, come see, come saw. And usually, w- there is a phrase that is unfortunate. That is, it was good for a women's match. When it comes to mixed martial arts, uh, is there a dis- no. is there a, a gap between the athleticism, the abilities now, or is it like it's well, game on, man? That's such a hard thing to say because how good a fight is entertainment-wise is not determined based on athleticism or skill. Right. As long as people are throwing punches and punches are landing, that's entertaining and fun to watch, right? Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to say like, is, is there something different between when Ronda was on top of the USC versus now? Like, if you could take uh, peak Ronda Rousey versus Nunez, would it even be close? Or is Nunez... Far beyond whatever was... Like, skill level? Yes. Yes, like, way better than Ronda. What happened with Ronda, and I gave him, like, a whole MMA lesson here, and the whole... We got got two minutes. So the whole controversy (laughs) with Ronda was that she's a judo Olympic winner, right? Like, grappling is what she does. But she started knocking people out in the UFC because she was fake. Because this is when women's MMA was just starting the UFC, right? Yeah. So it's not like you're bringing in fucking like Mike Tyson's and Conor McGregor's. Because they don't exist yet. Yeah, and George St. Pierre's because they don't exist yet, right? Yeah. So you're giving a lot of women to Ronda who also happen to work reception or a stay-at-home <laughs> mom. You know what I mean? Like, sure. no, seriously. Yeah. Um, so Ronda's being tin cans, and she's beating them lots of. Is that an actual term in, in mixed yes, martial arts? Yes, tin cans. Yeah. Okay. Um, so like with that, that that's a job. McGregor cowboy match. He was a tin can. Yeah. In that case. Well, uh, cowboy's more of a journeyman. So okay. he's like um, Rob Van Dam. He's always going to be up there. He's never going to win the top thing. I thought that was just because he answers his phone whenever. It rings. Yes, and he yeah. always answers his phone. Um, <laughs> so yes. Anyway, Ronda started knocking out these tin cans because whatever. So she's dominant. So her next, but, up, yeah, yeah. So she's very dominant, and everybody buys into the hype, but nobody buys into the hype more than Ronda herself. Her coaches keep saying, "You're the best. You can knock out anybody." So Ronda fucking starts believing her own hype. Next, she comes up against Holly Holm, a very well-respected and well-established um, female boxer, right? Kickboxer too, I think. So instead of going for grappling, yeah, so she tries to so stand up. So her coach yeah. gets into her fucking head. You can knock out this world champion boxer. You who has not ever boxed in your life. And Ronda believes in her shit. Doesn't ever try to take down Holly Holm. Holly Holm knocks her the fuck out. Yeah. Um, Nunez is way better in that regard, yes, because she is a very competent... She's way better at striking, but she's very competent wrestler. Very good in her ground game. And yeah, and she fucking smoked Ronda, and she smoked everybody else. Um, it's more entertaining, in my opinion... Probably more entertaining watching Ronda, if not for her skill, because of the atmosphere. People are, like she's so famous, right? People are just losing their shit. Yeah, they tried to put her in movies. And Nunez stuff. has the problem. <laughs> Nunez has the problem of a Demetrius Johnson and not of a not of an Anderson Silva. You know who Anderson Silva yes, is, right? Yeah. yeah, Anderson Silva was so good and so above everybody else in his division that he was. You you always knew he's going to win. But the difference is that he was always entertaining, and he always did in fun ways. You don't care who he's fighting. Yeah. 
Emmanuel Nunez has a problem that like Demetrius Johnson had, who was a flyweight division champion for fucking ever, in that they're very well beyond the level of everybody else in their division, but they don't have it's not entertaining. Yeah, but they don't yeah. have that highlight real finish that right. that uh Well that's Mayweather, right? Like yeah. he'll beat you in a boxing match, but, but you'll not fucking fall be, asleep watching yeah, it. Yeah, but you'll yeah. fall asleep watching it. Yeah. Um Nunez isn't as bad as that. Like she gets knockouts, but um it's not like Silva or Anderson Silva's doing yeah. matrix shit and dodging stuff. Like you'll see her knock somebody out, but you're not going to be like, I'm going to buy sixty pay reviews to watch. I'm going to buy send, spend sixty dollars watching Nunez knock out a ten can. Right. Yeah. So as a main event, yeah, week. Yeah. So as a main event week, <laughs> uh, but you got some really good undercard fights. Specifically, Cody Garbrandt is fighting. Um, he's very famous as he was a rising star back in the a little while ago. He won like ten fight rows straight. He's very attractive. Lots of, no, this like I'm getting to. It's just like wrestling. He's very yeah. attractive, has very good physique. He's very marketable, friendly. Mm. He had an excellent underdog story where he grew up in like the hood. Then he became friends with a kid who had cancer, and he promised the kid, "I'm gonna become a world champion for you oh, if God you damn. promise me that you're gonna beat your cancer." I'm hit that home run. And then he won the fucking championship. And the kid in, beat in the octagon. Yes, and the kid was there with him. And then later, the kid beat cancer. And like he, you couldn't ask for a more storytell story. Then he has this big dramatic storyline with another fighter called TJ Dillashaw. And this is right out of wrestling. TJ abandoned Cody's camp to go to a new camp. But Cody's like blood brothers for life, right? So he sees that as betrayal. So they have this whole heated fucking rivalry. And they have this huge fight. And (laughs) TJ knocks him out. Ever since then, Cody can't get it back. He's lost three in a row since. And And that kid got cancer again. No. (laughs) Okay, good. TJ, yeah, TJ after got busted with steroids too, but um, Cody ever since then, it's like he gets punched like twice in the head, and his head reverts back to like 18-year-old swang and bang, yeah. so he stops strategy, and I'm just gonna throw fucking fists. Yeah, I'm losing, yeah. so here we go. So yeah. here we go, I need to just, I need to knock this fucker out, and that's how he keeps losing, is huh. that he keeps getting too emotional. Just lost so the eye of the tiger. This is the most important fight you could say of his career because if he loses this one, I would say it's, he's going to be let go of the UFC. Wow. There, there was a point like seven years ago where he was one of the most popular fighters. He was in the Ultimate Fighter this as a coach. Is, this is UFC 250? Yes, tomorrow? 250 tomorrow. Okay. All right. Yeah, big, big occasion. we got to wrap it up. Uh, stick around if you want to hear about the Big Show show. Otherwise, Reed, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. I've come to two major realizations Realization one, there are only eight episodes of The Big Show Show, and I'm on the eighth episode. I don't have two episodes to review. I have a single episode to review. The second revelation, if I watch The Big Show Show and take notes, and then talk about the show for 20 minutes and read those notes, it's like I've watched it twice. So I'm going to take a page out of the book of a Adam from Your Movie Sucks, or uh, the, the playlist that OSW does where it's just a running live commentary. Uh, on, on whatever they're watching. And I'm going to do exactly that. I'm If you are here with me to listen uh, to a review of the final episode of The Big Show Show on Netflix, chances are you've either seen it uh, or you will go the extra mile with me here and pop it on in the background as we watch it together. I'm very excited. It's Netflix, uh, so we, you know... Have it at the zero second mark. This should be easy enough to sync up. I'm going to count to three, and on three, I'm going to hit play. Uh, so one, two, three. L- let the magic happen. Netflix logo. It's a good logo. I don't know about the sound. Netflix original series. Here we go. Look at that house. 
Yeah. So, uh, Big Show's friend Terry got him to wrestle in a charity event, and Big Show has a he has a need for wrestling. He wants to go back. His family is less than thrilled, which is the first time anything to do with pro wrestling commentary uh, has really entered the show. It's been jokes up until now. Now they're saying, hey, this is a wrestler's family. They they clearly dislike the idea of him continuing to endanger himself. I I hope for a lot of you, this is the first episode of this you've ever watched. <laughs> uh, so this is Cassie. She is a real estate agent. JJ is the young daughter who is a criminal, as you may have heard in previous episodes. Mandy, the middle daughter, uh, to Big Show, is uh, running for class president. That's been her arc this uh, this episode. And uh, this is Lola, who is Big Show's daughter from another marriage, who has moved to Tampa to live with them from Minnesota. These are things I know, having watched the Big Show show. Uh, it's a good-looking shirt on Big Show. I don't think I could pull off that uh, color. I feel like... Uh, I feel like you'd look fat, right? In a, in a, in a powder blue like that? Unless you are... Uh, it's going to show your nipples. They're going to miss Big Show if he has to go on the road. Little do they know, a month after the Big Show show aired, no one was going on the road. Except it, this does take place in Florida, so. She wants a dog. Maybe something for season two? <laughs> uh, that's about the caliber of joke you get on this show. Uh, here we go. I guess that's downtown Tampa. I don't... Okay. So I've seen that cold open before. Now we're... I'm go... I don't know what's gonna happen. Anything could happen. Big Show's hungry in the middle of the night. You know what's a big uh, trope in a sitcom? Maybe not a trope, but uh, uh, rings false. I guess these people have kids, but they're they're sleeping in pajamas. That's more clothes than I wear most of the time when I'm at home. That would be me getting dressed for bed if I put on a shirt and pajama pants. Damn. Big Show needs wrestling to be himself. So, there's, there's a... Truly, this whole season, Big Show's arc has been he's... Uh, doesn't know what to do with himself now that he's retired. Uh, he doesn't know how to fill his time. Cassie says... Go get a proper retirement match. Big Show is going to start going the way of The Undertaker. Where he'll never be satisfied. And wrestle until he dies. Wow. Do you think those uh, that fruit on the table is real? Why? Oh, Big Show made a stew. He like cut up carrots and celery and everything. Man doesn't cut corners. Edge of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> It'd be weird if they had sex, right? Like Big Show with like a... They seem to have cast everybody little. What? Jaleel White. Has Jaleel White or Urkel ever been involved with wrestling? 
Urkel WWF. Uh, Steve Urkel playing basketball. Nope. Stone Cold Steve Urkel. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. Okay, so there's an episode of Family Matters where Jaleel White and uh, Officer Carl Winslow, Urkel, uh, the fa- Family Matters where uh, the Bushwhackers are involved, apparently. A lot of sitcoms uh, from that age had some kind of wrestling episode. Damn. Lizzo, current. Did Lizzo exist prior? I am uh, completely oblivious when it comes to Lizzo. Dig everything by Lizzo I come by, but uh, how long is Lizzo? Lizzo's relatively fresh, right? Nice shirt. I like the sleeves. They got sconces. God damn. What's she up to? Oh my god. She's got... Is... I... Jury's out on if that's a dog. Oh my god. What an adorable dog. What the heck? It looks like my dog if I didn't give it a haircut. But with a... dog's got more of a pointed nose. She's around here somewhere. Here you go. I don't know if I've seen this set before. I don't know if I've seen JJ's room. Got a picture of the big show on the wall. What if wrestling worked like any other profession where like you were like a banker or an accountant and uh, you went into retirement and you're just like, man, one more tax season. Let's do it. I can't look at that dog. Did JJ steal that dog? What? Look at this dog. I can't believe it. Oh, that's nice. Okay. So Lola has gotten a driving instructor because Big Show, uh, having gone back to wrestling, is too busy to teach her. Could have Big Show fit in this car? Inconclusive. Is this guy the Big Show assaulted in the first episode? Oh, it is. This is Lola's gym coach. Uh, Big Show's had a run in with him before. Hung him on the wall. As it were. Uh-oh. This guy seems like a creep. This is not okay. I think Big Show's gonna kick this guy's ass again. Okay. Here we go. What are you doing with that bowl of water? Seems like you should have done it separately. Take the bowl upstairs. And then... Oh, no. No. Oh, shit. Fuck. How did this happen? You should bring Cassie in on it. I'm sure she'd be... It's only Big Show that was against it, right? Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Look at the booking here. This is good stuff.
Benet Pate. Cassie needs an assistant. Oh, this jackass. Uh, Bennett worked with Cassie as a real estate agent at Bennett's She's explaining it right now. I don't know why I'm saying anything. It's like WWE. They're just going to fucking regurgitate at you. Why did I watch any episodes before this? I'm going to get caught up anyway. You got a RuPaul's Drag Race reference. What's going to happen here? Uh Uh-oh. I thought that was porno music starting. Time to sort Legos? Damn. I didn't think Bennett would come back in the story. I thought he was... I mean, he's the ultimate heel in the story here. Nice. Turd. (laughs) Oh my god, I shouldn't have checked that. We have 18 minutes to go. Fuck. Good tie-dye with a flamingo going on there. JJ's shirt. I'm reviewing the shirts now. It's a shirt review. We got like a paisley explosion happening on Casey there. Cassie? Casey? Cassie. It's not paisley at all. If Krista were here, she'd set me straight on that. Even the possum. The possum is back. Lots of callbacks. Damn, now nobody needs Big Show. Damn. Well, you do live in Florida, so it could be like a puma or an alligator or a snake or something. You know how snakes like to chew shoes. I like that pillow. I'm a fan. It's weird that she calls her husband show in front of the children. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Does Undertaker have any kids? (laughs) We're all learning today. Does Undertaker have kids? Do, 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 do. Yes, he does. Three, his three children, I believe. Maybe more. I don't know why Wikipedia is failing me so much here, but yes, uh, he does. Lots of kids. What if the Undertaker's wife called Undertaker Taker in front of the kids? What if he asks her to do that? Where's the dog hiding? (laughs) 
hey, you know, if going to a psychiatrist uh, or therapist means you get to keep your dog, it's got like a like a puffer fish. My parents used to have one of those in their basement. Lots of pictures of the big show in her in her room. It's kind of a bummer that they're just like stock WWE.com photos of Big Show. That's almost like the same photo of Big Show on those two posters. Or that's just his pose. And he has looked the same for a while. Look at that dog. Oh my god. Oh, Bennett, you fucker. This guy. What's he got? He's just gardening for her then. Oh, okay. He's got good hair, this Bennett. This is not okay. Bennett should not be in these girls' room. What is gonna happen here? You guys, you gotta do whatever I want. He had that list ready. That was in his back pocket. What the fuck is that? Oh, that's the list from Cassie. Okay. Durr. Yes, a cup of honey, like a true heel. This is not okay. Can you imagine doing a driving lesson with your gym coach that your your father had assaulted weeks prior? It looks like he hasn't shaved in a week. Damn. This guy's got this guy's got real problems. He shouldn't be on this show. <sighs> you couldn't call it sandals? You had to call it flip-flops? Or is that because they didn't pay? How does Netflix work? I think Netflix called up Sandals and they're like, we want to mention you in the eighth episode of the Big Show show, and Sandals is like, ah, we're good. What would have that charge been? That's usually how that works, eh? Whenever, uh... Except in comic books. I don't think there's... I don't think that's... If I draw a comic book for Marvel Comics, can I use Facebook.com? Because I've seen comic books that use it, but I've seen other ones that use analogs. Like, their own made-up social media. Which is fine, and it's easier, and you don't have to worry about clearing things, but it's been both. So I don't... They obviously mention other the, the names of other TV shows. They acknowledge things that aren't on Netflix. Because how, how would you make a show without doing that? Okay. This guy's a fucking creep. If you paid attention there, uh, you may have seen the reflection of a... Uh, a, like, a stu- like a studio light in Bennett's phone there. I don't care enough to go back, but I think I saw it. Why is her hair all fucked up? Why would that happen? Can you get... Can you get maraschino cherries with pits in them? I have never encountered that. That sounds made up. Gravy boat full of chocolate. Now we're talking. 
The best part about Florida is you can have butt ugly curtains all year long because you're on the beach. Damn. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. How could you trust Bennett? He showed up and asked for an assistant job after he fucking got you fired. Although it was Cassie's fault she was fired. But Bennett, uh, he tattletailed, as, as they say. Yes, Big Show holding a dog. I don't know why it took eight episodes to get here, but I'm glad we got here. Look at that little dog. A lot of problems here in this family. Way to go, show. Oh, boy. Good thing there's a Sunday bar here. Oh, Lola. Slow it down. Talking on your phone while you're driving is a big no-no. I don't... Is it illegal in Florida to talk on your cell phone while driving? Would you like to find out? There's going to be uh, long periods of, of dead air, I realize, uh, if someone isn't, isn't watching along with me. Uh, and I guess that's okay. It's either you're in for the commentary or you're out, Right? Is that how that works? Uh, what's really cool now is uh, is my video has frozen. Uh, so I'm just hearing the big show show. I've never seen Netflix do this before. All right. I have I have no idea what's happening. I just hear hear Terry talking. Oh man. Okay. So it unpaused just in time for me to see Terry Jaleel White uh, hit Big Show in the head with an unprotected headshot. Oh my God. Big Show's dead. Okay. You can tell by the soft filter that this is heaven or the afterlife or some sort of... Uh, oh my god! He's like the old man in the smoking commercial. I like the idea of a white jumpsuit in the afterlife. Is Jaleel White also dead? Did he kill himself? Like Romeo? Out of... Of Soro? Oh no. Oh damn. This is what it would be like... If Big Show was dead? <laughs> what?
What's happening? Oh, is this before? Okay. Not this guy again. There's way too much of this guy. Damn. Wait, so is Big Show... This is what things would be like if Big Show hadn't retired? What a strange concept. What? Wait for it, baby. Oh, man. Are you confused, Big Show, or have you not caught up to speed here on what's happening? Well, okay. Lead on, Terry. Oh, there's a TV on that wall. How about that shit? If Big Show never quit wrestling, retired from wrestling, then Lola would continue to dodge his phone calls. That's sad. Oh, he's okay. How did Julia White get wrapped up in this? You were you were Sonic in two different in two different cartoons at once in the nineties, right? That's true. Probably Google that shit. He was at least Sonic in the in the Saturday morning cartoon. He had to have been Sonic in both. <laughs> so the the central conflict here seems to have moved away from Big Show and wrestling. There was lots of wrestling in the last episode. Wrestling, quote unquote. Uh oh. Who is this announcer here? Why is he there? How can you be home if you're on SmackDown Live? On Fox? Oh, this is great. Uh, so I have... A partial Google, because I was Googling without looking. That's a thing I like to do. Uh, so I was asking Google, is it illegal to talk on your cell phone while driving in Florida? And instead I wrote, is it illegal Jaleel White? Which is not the same thing. Uh, we need to go to, I guess, IMDB to find that out. Listen, when it comes to the matter of Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, I need to know. I need to know and set set it straight here. Big Fat Liar. Sanic, uh, we're, we gotta go way back. Charlie and Co., Mr. Belvedere, Full House, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, I think that's it, as well as Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, yes, in the same year, Jaleel White played Sonic the Hedgehog in two different Sonic cartoons that ran at the same time. 
Fuck you, Mario. You didn't have two cartoons at the same time. Okay. I'm done with the show. Um, Cassie's here in the living room. She's announcing... So Big Show has decided to stay with his family because of all the things he saw in his vision after he was knocked out. Big Show's in a singlet in his living room. Okay. This is obviously how this ended. Okay, so she's got a wrestling outfit too, I guess. Or like a... Good one. Good Twin Cities uh, content here. Uh, okay. He's going to wrestle his daughters. Hey, this is the uh, this is the image from the banner on Netflix. We got there, everybody. There's under three minutes to go. Thank you for staying with me. Okay. Here comes JJ. I assume it has to be JJ. Oh, boy. Was it? Is there a laugh track in this show? <laughs> there was a crowd reaction to JJ just now. Uh, oh, there is a laugh track. Okay. <laughs> oh, and the and they get to keep the dog, and the dog is pinning Big Show. Can you do that? Can you pin someone by holding two people holding their arms to the mat? I don't think so. No. Okay. And take it home. Okay. Sure. Alright, well... It, it's asking me to watch the final episodes of Fuller House. Uh, so obviously I have to go. Um, my god. Weird. Okay, so uh, we finished the Big Show show. Thank you so much for coming with me. This uh, COVID pandemic... Uh, gambit I took on reviewing that entire fucking series for some reason. Uh, thank you so much for, for being with me if you've listened uh, and, and took part in the commentary here with me and watched along with me. I appreciate it. There are two episodes and I'm for, for sure this time, two episodes left of Total Bellas that I will get to this week and review at the end of next week's Sultans of Slam. Wow. What an episode. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Check out Public Beta Podcast. We restarted, re-kicked, re- Oh my god, my brain is completely fried. We are talking about Fallout New Vegas. Again, on the Public Beta uh, Podcast. So listen to that. It's going to be out on Wednesdays. Sultans of Slam is back to Fridays for myself and Reed earlier in this show. Sincerest thank you for uh, being with us on the on the previous weeks of Ups and Downs. You can uh, interact with the show, of course, anywhere you see it posted with a comment. Let us know a question or a topic you may have at titsiceberg on Twitter. Lee at titsiceberg.com gets you directly to my email. Thank you as always. This has been the Sultans of... Slam! Yeah!